This is the Northside Story Podcast, November 4th. It's a Saturday. Yuck. Saturday morning. Yeah, to wake up uh, early for this. I know. I'm sorry, Jake. Jake's being very flexible with my personal schedule. <laughs> it is a Saturday morning. I am your host, Blake the Cat Miller, hashtag nine lives, because I'm back, baby. I'm joined by always my podcast host, the commissioner, Jake Bakke. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, uh, giving you shit it's nice to be up early on a saturday it is it is a beautiful day outside um so i'm gonna enjoy it after we are done here watch some college games um and get ready for our matchups tomorrow yeah take take my boy bino for a walk he's gonna enjoy it today just let him let him just soak in the sun plenty soaking of, in plenty of sunshine today yeah but uh we got some important matchups to go over we got uh our match for the week we got our Bucky's bets we got Blake's underdog pick of the week, which has been kind of red hot, even though I just won last week. So, but it's still red hot. I'll take it. But uh, we're both going to talk a lot. I feel like we're just going to talk a lot about this this uh, game in Germany. In that um, we're early, we're early here on a Saturday morning. Not really. It's eight a.m. It's not that early for like most adults. But we got a Sunday morning game again. It feels yeah, it feels like every. I know. It feels like every Sunday morning now there's a game starting at 6.30. But, of course, it's the biggest game of the year. It's probably going to be the biggest focal point in a lot of our matches that we talk about. So let's get into this week. Jake, you ready? Let's do it. All right, let's get into the matches. First matchup, Run Runner, 6-2. and two. That is the most disgusting 6-2. and two. Every Looking at that guy's record just makes me sick to my stomach. Um, I bet people think the same as my record, though, 4-4, four and because four, that's just been brutal. Uh, meet the Robinsons, 3-5. and five. This matchup, I already has some guys started. DeAndre Hopkins starting out with eight points. I would say a fall from grace, but it's kind of been online with DeAndre Hopkins all year, um, besides the absolute. It's crazy that week eight, he had four catches for 128 yards and three touchdowns, and then this week, he also had four catches, but he only yeah. had eight points. Just yeah. And I will say this, it was like, it was the first half. Like, he had all this in the first half. Yeah. He didn't have anything in the second, which kind of unfortunate because you get eight points by a player in the first half. I feel like you're usually pretty confident. You're like, all right, like, perfect. Like, keep it going. But then nothing in the second half is, is kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but match the score of run runners. Will Levis, bottom of the barrel. Talk about a Hail Mary shot, especially with, it looks like Deshaun Watson's going to be playing this week. Um, I see a projection line in him. I don't yeah, know what the status. He healthy. He's he's good to go to this week. It, it seems weird because there's plenty of quarterbacks on the uh, waiver wire. We'll start with Nick Steen. It seems weird that there's plenty of other quarterbacks on the waiver wire. So I don't know why he felt. I don't know. I don't know why he felt the need of going ahead and taking Will Levis. I know we obviously saw last week the hype train was on him with that big outing he had with DeAndre Hopkins, of course, in that game against Atlanta, but. I I don't really get the decision there, but um, but he made it. Sometimes you got to go, you got to go with it. That 15, 15 point projection. Pittsburgh's kind of been a weird, like like not a good team, but they're also really good. I think they're five and two. Uh, no, they're they're five and three. Yeah, five and three. So it's a team that's winning games, and this is like the perfect game too, where um, I would imagine the under hit in this game was sixteen twenty, where. Both of these teams are the teams you don't want to bet against because they're always going to keep it close and they're always going to win in the last drive. So just a slow game, a tough outing by Nick. But even 
man, looking at projections now, 87. I don't I don't know how Nick's going to find a way to pull this matchup out because I'm looking at the rest of this lineup. Same cast of characters, uh, new addition, Devin Singletary. We, uh, Devin Singletary is going to be probably leading that backfield with the banged up Damian Pierce. Uh, Saints defense. God, what a disaster that team has been. Seventh ranked, though. Going up against Chicago, they haven't posted more than six points in the last three weeks. Um, who do you like here on next team? I'm not very high. I actually think they're, well, starting with Will Levis, that I, I don't mind the play just because last week he, he did score 29 fantasy points in his debut, which is crazy against a, I understand that they were at home, but it was against a decent Atlanta Falcons defense that's been like not, not too bad this year. Um, and it's funny because Will actually threw for more yards in this game uh, but just didn't get any of the touchdowns, and that was basically a downfall. So um, it was a, a kind of a tough matchup. Playing in Pittsburgh <coughs> is never an easy task. Um, I do think Will Levis is someone that you can stash on your bench going forward, and you can kind of uh, play matchups. Because I, I do think in watching him, I think there is some potential there to be a, a good starting quarterback. I saw someone on Twitter like basically – just say like Will Levis dot dot dot, and then it was a gif of Jay Cutler, and I was like, "Ooh, I like that comp." Like I can see, kind of like a gunslinger, good arm, um, kind of can roll out of the pocket every once in a while, but has has a good arm. So I can see that for him in the future. But for fantasy purposes, it is tough that Deshaun Watson is playing this week because um, I mean it's not like you know far fetched to say that I think Deshaun's gonna get more than eight point six. But you never really know with Deshaun as well because there have been some weeks where he has hit that number. Um, and even, you know, when he played in Indianapolis when he was last when he last played, he got hurt. You know, he had a minus 1.8. So, um, but going forward for Knicks team, there are some interesting names because I think that they've kind of been in the news this week, starting with Aaron Jones, where I read that he basically went up to the coaching staff and was like, you guys need to, like, unleash me essentially like just let me play because he's only he hasn't gotten more than 10 carries in a single game this year which is a little concerning um i tell my boss that every week that she needs to unleash me unleash me um but i i think that's going to be one to watch um the rams do have uh, a good rush defense i think that they uh, i mean their pass defense is abysmal but um their rush defense i think is is pretty good. So that'll be interesting to see if maybe perhaps they move, uh, if Green Bay can move the ball down the field and then Aaron Jones can fall into the end zone. And then Devontae Adams. Um, this is Devontae Adams, I believe, came out and said after the firing of their head coach and GM that this is the most fun he's had in a locker room in a while and that he would, <laughs> run, and that, and that he would run through the wall for the, their new head coach. Oh, um, I love it. So, <laughs> You know, those are two players that Nick really needs to step up for him this week, and maybe it's a maybe it's going to be a week to week thing with them. Uh, but Devonte definitely needs to show that he was worth that first uh, round pick for Nick. So those are two that I will have my eye on as far as for Nick this weekend. Um, Devonte Smith has a has a tough matchup against Dallas. Uh, Michael Pittman, I think, has a sneaky tough matchup on the road against Carolina. They've been kind of they've been pretty good against um wide receivers this year i feel like whenever i kind of check in on the the on panthers games 
Um, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So Michael Pittman is going up against the eighth ranked um, fantasy defense for uh, wide receivers. So, yeah, I do think it's going to be tough um, for Nick to get some points. I, I actually I like that Saints that Saints defense matchup a lot because it's at home against a quarterback that has two starts. Um, you watched him play against the Chargers. Like, great story, just not a good quarterback. Um, and I and I do think that the Saints are going to get to him. I wouldn't be surprised if a defensive touchdown gets in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is going to be the, the stinker of the week, like these two teams, because if, if Nick scores 80 to 90 points, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world because of who his opponent is. Yeah, he can probably get by with that. And if you're looking for any positives out of uh, Devontae Adams, uh, Aiden O'Connell is going to be the quarterback. And then you look back to week four against the Chargers, he had a little bit of chemistry going for eight catches, 75 yards. Mm-hmm. Remember in that game, he did get bumped out early. He got banged up and did come mm-hmm. back later in the game. So if you're looking at positive, that's a definite positive. But what a rough, what a rough lineup. And not that much better, honestly, when you get buoyed by an 8.5 with DeAndre Hopkins, you're looking at Meet the Robinsons. And Meet the Robinsons has just been kind of just plagued by – it's been banged up. You've had some questionable decisions uh, with B. John Robinson and that Atlanta team. Looks like they got it fixed last week. They got back to that floor that we've been so accustomed to with Bijan so so far to start the year. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert uh, going up against the New York Jets. That's a tough matchup, especially on the road. Mm-hmm. Um we're getting to that point of the year where you're probably looking at the weather. I don't know if it's going to be a snowy game or what, but um, once we hit November, early December, it starts. It's not about matchups. It's not about matchups. Also, looking at is there a snowstorm with the wind like so? Um, Eighteen points, so it's really rather high though. I don't know what's what the reasoning reasoning yeah, is, is with that. But um, Drew Henderson has continued to be like kind of that steady boat. For the Rams' uh, backfield, it's just been him and Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman comes in and kind of spells him out. And Royce Freeman, you always hate too when you have a good running back or you have like a decent running back option, and they have kind of like a split work. And then when the backup running back comes in, he just like ruins the drive and he doesn't get your like doesn't get your main guy back on the field for like high um, high opportunities like red zone opportunities. But um, this seems like a pretty good tandem. Royce isn't like absolutely dominating. That's going to be like pushing Drell Henderson. Um, and taking like crazy amount of work, but uh, it's a good marriage between them. Darrell Henderson's a good play. Think against the Screen Bay, they're on the road Rams, but I, I definitely think they can win this game. But it's just my Homer hat talking. The team sucks. <laughs> um, Terry McLaurin, same old, same old. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, looking at his bye weeks, he is sitting DK though. Interested on that? I don't. Yeah, think- there there is this uh, flex play here, Demario Douglas over DK, which. Uh, I don't hate it. Like <laughs> I get it. Like you're trying to get a home run shot and mostly because it's the Washington commanders secondary and how yeah. bad they are. Um, but it's not like DeMario is someone that, you know, gets too many targets last week. He did have seven the week prior he had six, you know, this is a speedster that maybe can break one against the commanders. So we'll see, but I don't know. I, I could, I could, I understand why Phillips would not want to play DK because DK has been really frustrating this year as far as a fantasy play. Uh, he is 45th ranked wide receiver, and that's just not that's just not going to cut it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and looking at the rest, so like Calvin Ridley's on a bye. Brian Robinson could be a play. Josh Palmer would be interesting, but he's going up against the Jets' uh, secondary, and he I don't even know if he's going to play this week. 
Yeah, we got a questionable tag on him. Yeah, he is. He's been out of practice most of the week, and I would be surprised if if he plays because he played the first quarter of last week's game after being injured pretty much th- throughout the entire week, and like went off the field and only came back in a couple plays after that. So I, I doubt he plays Monday night. Um, but yeah, so that's the interesting play for me here is is that. Um, and maybe, you know, Phillips takes that shot because, you know, getting a win last week against the Shane, uh, you know, already starting out basically tied with Nick going into Sunday because I believe Phillips picked up DeMario yesterday. Yeah, fr- yeah, yesterday. So, yeah, this is an interesting lineup. I do think that there are a lot of tough matchups here uh, with Herbert going up against the Jets. I expect that to be extremely low scoring. Um, and I'm not sure how many points he uh, 18 is a lot. I think the only reason, only way he gets 18 is if he happens to, you know, QB sneak it in on the goal line. Um, Bijan, tough matchup. Minnesota Vikings defense has been pretty like sneaky good lately, and they have been able to limit their opponents uh, as of points lately. But Bijan going up against number six ranked rush defense, I do feel like this is a week where people are gonna get back to being frustrated about Bijan um, and because they, they do have Taylor Heineke, which I actually think could be good for Bijan if he can get yeah. some matches because um, <clears throat> Taylor Heineke can definitely sling it around the field, um, not necessarily efficient or he, he can definitely turn the ball over, but um, we'll see. We'll see what Bijan can do. I mean, yeah, last week going up against Tennessee, uh, we watched Najee actually – run really well against Tennessee this a uh, couple days ago. Um, and Tennessee was kind of known to be a team that had a good rush defense. So, um, you know, maybe that's just something that's happened over there in Tennessee. But Bijan coming back last week, you can speak on Darrell Henderson. I'm very just not – I'm very indifferent about the Rams. He's not sexy at all. I mean, he's not someone you you walk up to a, at, at the bar and be like, hey, Darrell Henderson, right? No, it's just – it's not a sexy pick. And then Terry McLaurin, I feel like New England does a really good job against wide receiver ones. Um, yeah, but what if you have four wide receiver twos on that team? Yeah, that's true. Uh, Do you know who I think I, – I was just spitballing here because I don't, I, I don't know. Do you know who on, currently on waiver wires is the number one player in terms of points last week? Just guess. No, I have no idea. No, Jamison Crowder. I didn't even know he was still in the league. Exactly. Yeah, they have a bunch of – I don't even know if you call them weapons. You have, they have a bunch of guys. Uh, Gadgets. Yeah. So, But Terry McLaurin, I, I think, out of anyone on that team, is definitely the number one um, as he gets most of those targets. So we'll see. It'll be very interesting. Um, anytime you play the Chargers defense, good luck to you because you're not sure which defense is going to show up. Could be the one that got nine points last week, but it could be the one that got two points the week before. So um, – yeah, this is going to be a very low-scoring matchup between these two teams. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it ends up being like a 88 to 74 or something like that. What a barn burner that would be. Uh, I'm taking – I'm going to take Phillips in this matchup. I think you're wrong on Bijan Robinson. I mean, we don't even know what this Minnesota – we don't even know what this Minnesota offense is going to be, and I feel like that a lot of the times dictates the defense. When Minnesota's up – a lot teams are going to need to throw to kind of catch her that game that kind of lets guys like Daniil Hunter and like um god why am I blanking on blanking on their safety that's been there forever um let's them kind of tee off and go after the quarterback I I, I see Atlanta winning this game 
which isn't saying much. Kind of two down, down in the dumps teams. And I see, I see that on the back of Bijan. He kind of got it back last week. Eleven carries. That's kind of his sweet spot. He's been averaging about five yards per carry. He got a touchdown last week. That offense is or the pass attack took a big hit with Drake London being out. Looks like this game was a groin injury. And I think they revert back to just what we saw the first couple weeks of the season where they're just heavy running the ball. And with Tyler Algier. With Tyler Algier, beast. Um, and, yeah, I think this whole matchup comes down to the the two big guys on each team. It's going to be a low-scoring affair. It's going to be tough for each team, I think, to break 100. Um, but I think it, if you had to tell me right now who I like more, Bijan or Devontae Adams – in terms of having a big week to deliver on the projection, I'm taking Bijan. And I know that Justin Herbert line is kind of high at 18, but I mean, there's just so many question marks with big guys on run runners that I can't, I can't trust in, in this matchup that 87 projection kind of looks, kind of looks like to be the number I think. And, but I say, I say me, the Robinson's just barely wins or it's a very slow scoring affair, uh, affair but he's going to take the victory in this matchup. I'll take Nick's team, um, and I really don't have like a case for it because I think both these teams are just to be a rough. You're just going off Nick, just Nick. Well, yeah. If there's any week where the owner is the is the matchup of the week, do you take Nick? Yeah, I'm I'm actually going to take Nick's team, and I'm going to predict what happens is that uh, Nick is up going into the fourth quarter of the Monday Night Football game. Uh, Justin Herbert leads a drive. And uh, Phillips is up by 0. .09, and then Herbert takes a knee to win the game and loses one yard, and Nick wins by 0. .01. That's my prediction. Matchup number two, House Targaryen, 3-5, and five, going up against Fitch, 5-3. and three. Kind of a close matchup here. Um, projection totals have it 115-105. That is with Fitch holding... Evan Ingram just occupying the tight end spot. Looks like he's still digging around for a potential option there. But Nick started or uh, Fitch is starting off with an 18.5 lead. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's back. He finally so- got in the end zone. So what we talked about last week is that Brian's team is definitely gonna need guys that are just scoring touchdowns because they're not gonna necessarily get it done through based off of catches, based off of yards. But they ne- they need to have touchdowns going forward, and finally got it with Deontay. Well, one guy that's been getting a lot of touchdowns as of late, four in his last two weeks, is Jake's number one enemy, Gus Bus, Gus Edwards, um, coming in against uh, Seattle, who's kind of been uh, I don't know, I don't really have a read on Seattle, so I'm not even going to make something up if I think they're good or bad. It's just they're kind of a meh team, mm-hmm. a team that's I think leading the division right now for. Uh, the NFC West, which is wild. Yep. That's so stupid. Football's so dumb. Um, one guy, though, that finally got a touchdown, he's been on kind of a dry spell for Fitch as well, is his faithful James uh, Andre Swift. John Andre Swift was able to roll in for a touchdown. Exciting matchup for Fitch, and not only for, like, personal, because I know he's a big Phillies fan, but um, Jalen Hurts, John Andre Swift, uh, going up against Dallas, I just I I don't what last year we don't have much precedent with with that matchup with Jalen Hurts. I believe Jalen Hurts was banged up last year. I remember there was a Gardner Minshew game in there. 
But um, when you're getting projection 21, you're getting the play of Jalen Hurts. You're throwing him out there, obviously, week in, week out. Going up against Dallas last week, coming off a 319 four touchdown game. Fumbles. I mean, that was what that wasn't that the tush push fumble. So it's like you don't really count yeah. that. It's just a bad snap. But um, questions questions for Nick's team. Um, Raiders hey. defense. What? <laughs> questions for Brian's team. Why I keep saying Nick? I don't know why I keep saying Nick. I don't know. It's because of the old guys in the league. Uh, question for Brian's team is Raiders defense and yeah, Chris Olave. What are you getting out of him, Jake? Uh, I have no idea. Um, this this should be a matchup where Chris Olave gets back a little bit. Um, watched last week when the Bears were playing against the Chargers and Keenan had had a good week. Uh, he didn't get in the end zone, but I think he had like seven or eight catches. Uh, probably for I think for around seventy or eighty yards, um, and I, I think this is a week where Chris Olave can can definitely get back against the Bears at home. Um, Bears have a decent secondary, nothing crazy, um, but you know he needs to. This is a week where he really needs to have a good game um, because you see it with Derek Carr on the sidelines. He's starting to get kind of sick of his shit, not running routes, not going down the field. Kind of just giving up mid-play, um, and you know this. I think I I do think this is a week where Chris Olave can be a top ten to top twelve uh, fantasy wide receiver this week. Yeah, that's gross for a team like Fitch. That seems like that's been struggling with ever since the injuries to Justin. Ever since the injury to Justin Jefferson, he's got a lot of guys on the bench that he's been plugging playing. Say Flowers is always a fixture in his lineup. Tyler Algier was early on. I don't know if he ever got Michael Thomas in there, but. Kind of been searching for that production in the wide receiver room because his running backs have um, a bit been a little bit of a roller coaster. James Cook, um, as of late last four weeks, mm-hmm. uh, has only posted above ten points um, once. So, and what was the consistency in the, the consistency in the running back room? It seems like there's been more inconsistencies with his wide receivers. Uh, Deontay Johnson, obviously, with eighteen point five, scratching a touchdown. That's huge. Chris Olave, I mean. And we were all hyped on him, I feel like, the whole fantasy community. And he, he delivered early part of the year, 15, 11, 14. But these last five weeks, um, the emergence of, like, really big plays where he, Shahid, um, last week, what was it, like, two catches for, like, 150 yards? Like, yeah, geez. Uh, so there's options. And when you're getting paper cut to death by Alvin Kamara in that backfield, um, it kind of minimizes the need for Chris Olave. But... If this New Orleans Saints team is going to be anything, anything that I projected them to be, it it, it needs guys like Chris Olave taking the top off and showcasing his skill. And Brian needs that this week. Uh, tough matchup going up against House Targaryen. Before I switch over there, um, I mean, Gus or Zay Flowers this week, do you even make that decision? Or you ride in the hot hand that is a four touchdowns this last week? Because there's really not that many questions with Brian's team, honestly. Yeah, I, I would say Gus, just because I don't really know. There's nobody else really in the Baltimore backfield that's, like, taking it over. Yeah. Um, and usually for the last, like, few seasons, there's been, like, three guys that kind of just constantly get in the game. But it, The last couple of seasons, it seems like they literally are trying to take the ball out of Gus's hands. Like, they, like he would have big games, but they're like, dude, we don't trust this guy for some reason. But it seems like... Ever since these 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 recent injuries and uh, these past couple weeks, like they're just steady diet. I mean, starting from week two, he's had at least ten carries a game, and that's yeah. what Gus is, dude. Gus is like 
just as like that premier Deontay Foreman, where he's going to give you the tough yards anywhere near the red zone. Like he's going to punch it in. And when you got a guy like Lamar Jackson, who's always a threat down there, you can just play option with those guys. You're rolling in every time. And I know that sucks for you, but yeah, um, he's just been, he's been a guy that I, he's like my prototype running back. He's the CJ Anderson. He's the, God, he's like the Todd Gurley. Even though Todd Gurley is a little bit more finesse, but Todd Gurley can kind of run down downfield. But uh, yeah, you got to keep him in. You got to ride this hot streak. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you may, you especially if I would definitely stick with James Cook and DeAndre Swift, even though I don't like the matchup um, with DeAndre Swift against Dallas. But he's shown that he is the RB one there, so like you have to go with him. And yeah, I just don't think there's anybody else on Brian's bench because um, you don't know. Like we saw. KJ Osborne have a good week last week, but that was primarily when Kirk Cousins was playing. Now that Kirk Cousins is out, you can't really trust KJ Osborne to do anything until you see it um, with the new quarterback. Um, what really sticks out to me is this defensive matchup um, between Steph and Brian's team. You got the Falcons on one side, and you have the Raiders on the other. Um, this is by far my favorite defensive matchup of the season. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not so down on the Falcons. I think we, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna wake up Monday morning and look at the Minnesota Vikings, and we're gonna remember that Kirk Cousins on this. Kirk Cousins, I felt like carried this offense. Like, oh no, look, I agree, I agree. Like the the play, I, I understand the play, and I get it. Like, yeah, I would, I would probably play the Falcons over the Bills too because of how well the Bills have played, or sorry, the Bengals have played lately, and it's on the road. It's just funny to see, like, if you were to tell me back before the season that we have a matchup of the Atlanta Falcons defense against the Raiders defense, you know, halfway through the season, I would laugh straight in your face. Because looking at the Falcons defense, 25th ranked, they've only scored over six points twice this year, and they're pretty much one point, two points. They don't get a ton of sacks. They don't actually, they don't get a ton of turnovers. Um, They just, they just stand out there. And then, and then they're just like, let's limit. Like they're gonna score on us, but or they're gonna screw it up themselves. But like we're not gonna do anything. Yeah. So, but I mean, you're playing up against a Minnesota uh, quarterback that I don't believe has ever started. I believe it's his rookie start. Um, I can't even tell you what his name is. Hole, hole, or something. Um. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aaron Hall. Um. So oh, that's Aaron Hall from BYU. Uh, yeah. Uh oh. You gotta watch out for those BYU guys. Getting his first career start. Um. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, going on to Steph's team. Are you anything else on Brian's? Or are you good? I I just hope Saquon runs all over the Raiders. That's yeah. It. I I would be very. Yeah. I, I don't know why the Raiders are that play. Um. I don't care if Tommy DeVito is the quarterback. I think. Yeah. I agree. I think Saquon has a crazy good day t- tomorrow. So. House Jargarian, Steph's team. I look at this squad, and it's pretty similar to last week. I don't think there's really any changes um, besides the defense, of course. But looking at the squad, I do like a lot of these matchups. Um, we're going to wake up early tomorrow. Possibly the game of the year is played at 6 a.m. Too um, early, right? Way too early. Um, this needs to be a primetime matchup. Uh, Kansas City against Miami. They should have sent the Chargers to Germany. Yeah, they, they that game. Uh, Mahomes ba- bounce back week this week, in my opinion. I think that he, this oh yeah, a great game, great matchup. Um, and it's not that Miami's defense is terrible. 
Um, but I do think they're susceptible to to giving up some big plays and points. So I could see. I that. think I think this is like one of those situations where this may be like some weird turning point in the season, and it's dumb that it's happening in Germany. But like everything's pointing for a Patrick Holmes and like Kansas City, like Chiefs, like turnaround game. Be like, no, like we are the best team in the NFL, and it seems like it's like all come after this month. And Miami's been like this team that we, we we turn on ESPN talking about this is this the greatest offense ever like are they legit I feel like yeah I just feel like this I don't know this is like the the earliest version of like a Super Bowl to me I mean we just had was it last week was it was it Dolphins and and Eagles as well but like I don't know this is a huge matchup and I feel like in these games these are the games that Patrick Mahomes there's any doubt that he just shuts the door and be like no the Chiefs are still the best team in football. I don't think they're the best team in football. I think they're kind of. I'm not. A, I'm still not sold on their offense, and I've You've never been sold on them, Jake. You're always never, wrong on them. Yeah, I've never been sold on their offense. I've been right on them. I, I bet them on the Super Bowl last year. Uh, well, there's only two teams there. Well, yeah, uh, but I still <laughs> right on them because I still. Uh, but I mean, they play the Dolphins this week. They have a bye, and then they play the Eagles. Uh, so I think it's I I think this is going to be a good limit uh, litmus test to kind of see if they are the best team because I could also see them getting boat raced and Miami scoring forty points on them. Um, they looked absolutely, and it's just one game, but they looked terrible against the Broncos. They could not really do anything against the against the defense that has struggled this entire season. So it will be a good good test. But I do think that Mahomes has a good game um, this week and kind of gets back a little bit. But it's not like he's been crazy good this year. He's turned the ball over a handful of times. Um, and, you know, when when MVP odds would come up in the middle, or I would say like week six, week seven, I just wouldn't get why he was the MVP frontrunner because he wasn't having good weeks. Out of anything, it's been their defense. Um, yeah. And it hasn't been him. So... He had a great week against the Chargers. They played absolutely terrible defense against him. But, you know, still turning the ball over seven, eight times already on pace for around 15, 16 interceptions. That's, That's not unheard of. Yeah. But yeah. I will say, if you ever watch a Chiefs game, he throws balls up, and for some reason, it's like the defenders don't know how to catch because he throws them up and they drop balls consistently. So NFL scripted, Jake. That's why. It is, it is scripted. It's scripted for Mahomes for sure. Uh, but the rest of these matchups, I'm not a huge fan of this Austin Eckler matchup once again. Uh, I I, th- I think once again we get a 15 carries, 40-yard. Uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> he he got it done um, through the air and, and screen plays last week, and perhaps he does it there. I can see another 8 to 10 points unless he falls into the end zone. Um, but I do like these three, that uh, these, these trio matchups here. Ramondre Stevenson, I think he does a good job against the commanders cooper cup i think has a huge bounce back week against green bay and adam thielen i think has um a typical adam thielen performance of this year against the colts the colts are a really bad uh through the air defense and i think going forward the rest of this year play anybody that uh, goes up against the colts but i think adam thielen has a great week this week i could see him getting to the 20 points oh i think adam I'm going to – I'll put my fantasy football podcast 
nuts on the table and say Adam Thielen has, has the most points out of every guy this week. I don't know why I'm so high on Adam Thielen against the Indianapolis, and I should be. I mean, that defense has just been horrible. There's been, like, buoyed performances by uh, kind of marginal players uh, during this matchup. Adam Thielen, it's it's impossible. It's impossible not to rank, rank him in the top 10 or even, like, the top five in this week with this matchup. He's getting force-fed the ball. He is an obvious touchdown threat every single time he's anywhere near the red zone. That offense has been great, but it's really been on the back bat of Thielen. Mm-hmm. Going, against, going up against Indianapolis, it's just it's just a great matchup. Just an absolute great matchup. And um, DJ Moore against New Orleans, I don't know. I, I want to keep saying that New Orleans is this great defense, but there's games we're watching them, and they just look like a sleeve. But DJ Moore obviously being affected by the quarterback change, um, kind of falling from grace. Ever since he put up a 50-burger against you, Jake, I don't know if you remember that. Ever since he put up a 50-burger against you, hasn't gone over 10 points. And it's not uh, it's not uh, from a lack of trying. Target target share is still pretty high up there, 8, 9, 6. Um, just touchdowns haven't been there, and that's just a product of the quarterback. You probably won't see much of a change of that until Justin Fields comes back, but even that, Justin Fields is kind of dealing with a severe like hand injury. So, And he's not even a good thrower. I know he took some progressions. Uh, midway through the year this year, but you, you don't really know what you're going to get, but you're still going to roll him out there because of uh option on the bench. Tank Dell, I think we all want Tank Dell to be good because he has a sick name, but um, that Texans offense has kind of sputtered a bit. He's still kind of get working himself back from injury. So it looks like it's going to be his third week. I back. actually think this week is going to be a sneaky Tank Dell. Um, wow. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't play him, but if you play like fantasy, daily fantasy and sports and stuff like that fan duel whatever um i think he is one that you can kind of like probably buy low i just think that they they used him um in different ways last week you know he got he only had three catches but he also had three carries so i think like i think they're going to use him and and i'm not sold on tampa bay's defense um and i think with it being at home and maybe i just have this like those um those like you know those two weeks where he went off both at home and on the road but like at home against indy he had seven catches for 72 yards and a touchdown with 10 targets so like yeah you know i i could see a i could see us you know seeing on red zone like a tank dell like 50 yard like bomb that he's just wide open um, yeah i think i think with him like how you're mentioning like how they use them in week two and week three i mean we're looking we're looking back to indianapolis uh where he kind of broke up broke out when he had seven catches in that touchdown. And then you look at Jacksonville where they went right back to him. Um, obviously the talent's there and then him obviously being banged up. And then you mentioned kind of versatile with how they get him the ball three and three that there's going to be a game where they try to feature him again, where they say, this guy's special. We featured him week two, week three, whatever happened, he got banged up. Like there's going to be that game where you get seven, you get, seven targets you get eight targets so it's it's planning out that game if you're looking out you're 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 looking out when they can probably do it matchup wise yeah at home against tampa makes sense week 10 they're going up against cincinnati so you almost can kind of like envision like him having a big week this week and then you're and then you're looking at hey do i start him next week against cincinnati which cincinnati has just been kind of hot right now so uh, i can see that too there's no like I'm not in the war room for the Texans. I don't know what their game plan against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay 
has been a team that's given up a lot of points, it seems like, recently. Um, that, I yeah, I'm with you. I can see it. But, yeah, there's no way – there's no way you're starting him this week, but you're gonna have questions about um, you're, gonna have, you're gonna have questions about if you're gonna be starting him next week. Yeah, agreed. Um, the rest of Steph's team, and we've pretty much talked about it. I'm gonna yeah. go with Steph in this matchup. I think she gets back in the win column um, after a, kind of a, a, a few down weeks. It's been a roller coaster ride for Steph this year so far, um, and so I'll, I'll take House Targeting. Targaryen in this matchup. Oh, man, I um, I think the Cowboys. I, I, it's not that I think the Cowboys are a better team this year. I don't. I see that matchup being tight uh, with Philly, and really, when it comes to rating Ryan Brian's team, you're looking at the matchup with Philadelphia in that Dallas game. Um, I'm with you. I kind of like the bigger option. I love Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I wish I could see it because there's no way I'm going to be up, but I like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Sunday morning in Germany against Miami. I think that's just going to be an absolute. Sometimes when you like you think the London game's like, oh, it's a London game. It's going to be like crazy high scoring, and then it's usually a dud. But something about this game in Germany that I think is just going to be gangbusters. Um, I don't know. My biggest question mark with Steph's team is going to be Austin Eckler because of how inefficient he is on the ground. But and but how efficient he is when they get him in space and they do a lot of checkdowns with them. I think that's where you can exploit the pass game against the Jets. It's getting, getting the ball early, not trusting, not letting him go downfield as much. I don't know. I I, I like House Targaryen. I love Adam Thielen. I love the matches more than Fitch. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back you, Jake. All right, ready? Yeah, let's just. Only, <laughs> we're only taking we're only taking three minutes on this matchup. Jake said it, guys. That's that's what we're doing. Team RCA, Law Dogs. This is going to be a quick one because who wants to cover that one? Welcome to the basement. Ninth place, Team RCA going up against 10th place, Law Dogs. Law Dogs coming out for a victory. But when you got Roshan Johnson in your lineup, you want to keep that last place spot. Zach Charbonnet as well. Um, bye week hit Phil. It hit Phil bad. Mm-hmm. Still an empty bench slot. Uh, we were talking about Nick's matchup, and you—I uh, don't think you mentioned in the matchup, but you're you're kind of interested in his play about Devin Singletary. I was just laughing with Dana this morning because I pulled up my phone uh, when I woke up and I saw the fantasy app come up, and then I see uh, transaction at 4 a.m. of uh, for Nick picking up. I'm like, Nick's at work; he's working right now, but um, not at work. Is oh my! I just realized this right now, Kevin. Phil's rolling out Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Yep. Yeah. In the Phil, same lineup. Phil has by Mageddon this week as he has three Detroit Lions and he has the Jacksonville quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, this is just a bad team this week. And there's not too many players on the waiver wire. Uh, you know, he could have picked up a Devin Singletary, even a Keontae Ingram since DiMercato is out and play with him over Zach Charbonnet. Maybe he'll do that by the time uh, Sunday rolls around. But this is just a bad team. Um, Roshan Johnson, sure. Like, I get no, it. not sure. Go based off of a couple weeks ago. But he's going up against a pretty good run defense in New Orleans. And it's uh, – what's the other guy? The rookie that uh, – oh, no. Ro- no, I'm thinking of – no, I'm sorry. I'm, I, for some reason, I'm thinking of uh, – I got him mixed up. I got Roshan and your boy Deontay Foreman mixed up. 
Yeah, I, I would not play Roshan Johnson here. Um, There's just too many guys in that backfield, and they're not a good team, and they don't have a quarterback that can scare it over the top. Yeah, That team only thrives with one running back right yeah. now. Jahan Dotson, just nope. Uh, and Zach Charbonnet, yeah. So I this team is projected 97.8. Unless one team player, like maybe a Jamar Chase or a Kenneth Walker, really go off. Sam Hill's had some big games, but it's a tough matchup on the road against New England. New England, yeah. Um, And New England's defense is very hit and miss. Sometimes they play quarterbacks very well, and sometimes they are just a dumpster fire. So we'll see, but I I find it hard to believe that 97 points get scored. You know who might score 97 points just by their own is uh, tight end Taysom Hill, finally in the lineup here. And we talked about it last week. That I think he's in, in years past, everyone tries to get it cute, try and play Taysom Hill, the tight end spot, and it just never works out. But I feel like this team has struggled so much in the red zone that they've figured it seems like they kind of figured out how exactly they can utilize him in some sort of consistency. Um, we get we get kind of the start of it on uh, week six with where we had uh seven catches for 49 yards and then he had his one carry, but. We have 8 points, 14 points, 21 points. Now you're not getting 21 points, but in the tight end dumpster fire that is, he's a he's a solid play. 6.3. I feel like that's kind of a kind of an easy kind of an easy floor for him to hit, honestly, if the usage comes up. Um they're gonna be moving the ball. They're gonna be playing against the Chicago team that we've talked about. It's just a bad team. And there's gonna be opportunities for them to score. I think for him, it's just anywhere 15 yards out um in that red zone. You're, you're looking for him to get into the game because he's been quite efficient. Um, it is the same old, same old team, Mercier. Cincinnati's going up against Buffalo. I don't know what to expect in that game. Um, I am I mean, I know it's a big game. I know with um, – it's not that big. I don't even – I forgot they got Hamlin. Yeah. I already forgot his last name. But uh, I don't know what to expect in that game. I What I do know is Cincinnati has really turned it on as of late, and that's evident with, I mean, Joe Burrow's last outing. 28 for 32, 87%, uh, 87%, 87% uh, through the air. 27 points, three touchdowns against San Francisco. And you're looking at Joe Mixon, 18 points last week. T. Higgins kind of got off the schneid a little bit. He had nine points. Um, he's still waiting for a touchdown, not two touchdowns, just a touchdown. But if you're looking at positives, that's triple than what he's put out in his last previous three outings. So you're getting positive from Cincinnati. But then she she left Zach Moss on the bench last week, putting him back in the lineup. I, you just can't put him away right now. You talk about Carolina being a sneaky uh, defense. That's through the air. Maybe they can get some damage through the ground. It's going to be a high-scoring affair because – Indianapolis just gets boat race. It seems like every week, the only team, the only guy I just hate and I don't want to talk about is Alexander Madison. But I mean, anything with this, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory team with Team RCA. I feel like this is a even though Sam has some people on by like Ayuk and uh, Monty, who will, I think will be healthy next week. Um, this is probably the best her team has looked in in a few weeks, um, just because. Getting Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon um, back, and being able to plug in Zach Boss. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Madison, but I mean, who else are you really going to play in that spot? You're not going to go with your boy David and Joku. So, um, yeah, I think Madison is the play here. Cowboys defense against Philly on the road. 
I'd be a little skeptical with that um, because I personally think Philly's going to um, destroy the Cowboys this Sunday. And so, yeah, I, but I do think looking across the way, I want to take Sam in this matchup just because I think there are too many actual football players in her lineup compared to the Law Dogs where there's just a bunch of backups. Um, I mean, I'm looking at Zach Charbonnet backup, John Dotson, second or third wide receiver on that team, Roshan Johnson backup. So I don't know. I, I think Sam just has the better players um, and yeah, I can see her winning by a good amount. I think this is going to be the rare blowout where Sam's going to blow out Phil, but both teams won't crack 100. So I'm with you. At 90 to 68 or something? Oh, yeah, 90 to 69, potentially. Nice. Team RCA with the win. Law Dogs, you ain't going nowhere, buddy. QB Sneaks, the cat, hashtag nine lives. Some would say probably the hottest team coming in to week nine of the proceedings. I don't want to talk about my team first. Let's talk about QB sneaks. Jordan Love, Brees Hall, Raheem Mostert. Gross. Nah, Jordan Love's not gross. He's gross as in like, I don't I don't want him. Even in a plus matchup, probably against the Rams, where that that defense, their passing defense, I think they're so bad that it kind of works out for this Rams defense because they play such shell. Like, they don't want to expose their young corners and safeties to, like, one-on-one coverage or, like, man coverage that any confident quarterback and offense can just pick them apart. So I think this is going to be a plus matchup for Jordan Love, but I've seen some absolute stinkers from Jordan Love in, like, plus matchups. I mean, a bit last week against Minnesota, you mentioned that defense has come alive as of late. But still, only 14 points. And then, like, week five against Las Vegas, where he only had five points. So, I don't know where you're getting out of Jordan Love. But I do know Brees Hall against the Chargers. You're revving up that engine all day. It's going to be a plus matchup there. Raheem Mostert um, in Germany against KC. I don't know. Jake, what, what's KC's defense like? Uh, they've been better. And I uh, – hold on a second. I want to touch on Brees Hall. Can we get some respect for Charter's run defense? They have not been that bad this year. They have limited um, running backs this year. Now it might not be for for fantasy purposes. Now they made there was a couple weeks where they weren't great, but you know, um, keeping it low scoring against someone like a Tony P, keeping it low scoring against last week, I believe Deontay Foreman had the most in thirty yards. I think. Oh. The only thing that I think Brees Hall could potentially expose is in the pass game and in screens. Um, mm. Because I, I do think the Chargers are much improved on the ground. Of course, this year they're improved on the ground and they're the absolute worst through the air. Um, they can never get them to, you know, synced. But I do think Brees Hall this week is a, is a decent matchup. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow limit Brees Hall um, but if the Jets were smart, they would, you know, try to get him on the outside because through the middle, the Chargers are much improved. Um, their defensive tackles are healthy this year. Um, and I can't believe Steve I can't believe I'm saying this, but Kenneth Murray has had a good year and wow. actually hitting the correct gaps this year. Um, and watching him blow up plays in the backfield. Um, it would be, it'd be nice if that was what he was as, as a rookie and all the way through his contract, but he won't even be back next year. So it doesn't really matter. That's good coaching. That's you got a good coach there, Jake. <clears throat> yeah. So 
Brees Hall, I think, is someone that, you know, temper expectations with with him this week um, against the Chargers. But Raheem Mostert, I don't even know if it's necessarily – I've talked about Kansas City. Just talk about Raheem in general uh, because he is – he's starting to turn into a boomer bust running back because um, you're not exactly sure what you're getting out of him. And just kind of how that offense runs. Um, we know that it's this – it's like an all-time offense through the air. And when, um, you know, when there are certain weeks, especially the first three weeks, where they were just just gashing teams on the ground as well. And they're using Raheem. They're using Devon A-Chain. So it's very interesting to see over these last couple weeks that, sure, they're still running the ball, but Raheem's just not getting a lot of play. And perhaps... Um, and I'd be a little skeptical skeptical with this week because if the Chiefs do show up and they score points, Raheem's not going to have the greatest week um, because I do think that Miami's going to try and match Kansas City through the air by the points and not stick to a game plan on the ground. Kind of saw that with Philly where Philly would, was was out to an early lead and Miami was just, just throwing the ball the rest of the time. And Raheem, I think, ended up with only eight points that week. Or no, only five points against the Eagles. So... I'd be a little skeptical with Raheem this week as well. But, you know, having a Christian McCaffrey on a bye, um, you know, this is the week where I think Christian McCaffrey um, being out really hurts his Shane's team in the sense that, like, with Raheem not really being much the last few weeks, you're not sure what you're getting. And, you know, you don't have another running back to really lean on. Um but looking at the other matchups, CeeDee Lamb, I think this is a great matchup against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eagles have been really bad through the air. They are the worst team fantasy-wise, um, which is kind of crazy to think about because of how everyone loves their defense. But they're much better up front than through the air, and I do think CeeDee Lamb is going to take advantage of that. Um, Puka, who it says questionable here, you know what he's been dealing with? He has a banged up knee, but I think the bigger issue, the bigger issue with just Puka, is not just Puka himself. I think the uh, the game time decision of Matthew Stafford in this matchup going up against the road. I the Rams don't travel well, and it feels like they don't travel well in Green Bay. I know Matthew Stafford, if he's healthy, and he's going to go. He's played against that team. He's played in that environment for for the bulk and pretty much the entirety of his career. But you're looking at you're looking at like especially last week with Puka coming off only five catches. And I know, uh, I know that team just, the Rams just got boat raised by Dallas. So it was over quickly, but I, I don't, I'm not, you talked about what happens when you have a bye week with Christian McCaffrey and how that kind of shifts the whole lineup. And not only that and plugging in a guy that you probably have some question marks with Raheem, you got to plug him in obviously regardless, but you're looking at matchups like Puka and Keenan Allen. I mean, you'll touch on that one, but like, with Puka with the injury, you're getting a guy named Let It Rip, Brett Rippin, going to be potentially your starting quarterback. Yeah. And uh, the first week when Cooper Cup came back, I think we were all, I think everyone had the question: Oh, is someone gonna, is someone gonna deliver? Is, is there gonna be a, a clear one A and one B or or one A two A? Um, I don't. I think you can see a perfect marriage between both of them when you have a top end quarterback that can distribute it, distribute the ball efficiently. But when you got a guy coming in, Brett Rippon, potentially on the road in Green Bay, Green Bay, that's, I mean, they're, they're kind of out of it, but 
they still have something to play for in front of their home crowd that I just don't see, I don't see how Puka can deliver on this 13. I think it's very high. I see this as a game where they're going to rely a lot on the, on the ground. Maybe it's really going to be touchdown dependent. I don't think it's going to be, he's going to hit projections due to volume. And when you got guys like Cooper Cup, you even got guys like Tutu that I think in this matchup that if you want to kind of take a flyer on, if you want to take a flyer on a flex option, like Tutu is going to be a good option because it's going to be just kind of quick throws, letting him run out. Mm-hmm. Um, easier, easier, easier looks, easier check down options for Brett Rippon this week. I, I am very, I very, very uh, down on Puka this week. Yeah, I think this is a definitely. This is definitely a tough spot because, like you said, quarterback play um, is a huge factor in fantasy as well. We, we've talked about this with certain players like DeAndre Hopkins, where we were not high on DeAndre, DeAndre Hop, De, Hopkins this year. Um, even guys like who I, I personally think has talent, like a Drake London, who you know is out this week on a Shane's uh, IR, who I think has talent, just not a good quarterback uh, situation. So, yeah, I, I think Puka is, is one to watch. And then, yeah, just to touch on lastly, like just Keenan Allen, tough matchup this week against the Jets. He's going to be going up against Sauce Gardner most likely or the other corner that they have there that's pretty good. Uh, His name escapes me. But, yeah, I think this is, like I said earlier when we talked about Herbert, I think this is a low-scoring matchup. Um, I feel like Keenan really hasn't found the end zone lately. Our last two weeks hasn't found the end zone. Still putting up a decent amount of yards, eight catches for 69 nice uh, yards last week with a 10.9, which is pretty good, but just started the year out so hot with, you know, two touchdowns against Tennessee and then 200 yards against Minnesota and then a couple touchdowns in back-to-back weeks after that. But lately just hasn't found the end zone. Their second half offense has been abysmal last month or so, um, scoring a good amount in the first half, but then for some reason they just can't score anything in the second half. So, I think that this, I think 14 is a lot for him as well. I think his projections are kind of inflated across the board. Uh, the only one that I really like this week is C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not in this decision. I think it'll be a tough decision as well, but I, I'm pretty strong on my opinion on Puka that I even, if I was in Shane's shoes, I may even look at Nico Collins in this one because he's yeah. been sitting there. He's had the talent. It's a plus matchup for him um, going at home against Tampa Bay. I just I at this, at this point in the juncture, I'm looking who gets me ten points this week. Mm-hmm. I think Nico is your better option. It's not gonna. I don't think either is either is prime for a, a boom week. We both kind of like take Dell as a good option this week. Someone that can kind of um, blow projections out of the water. But uh, if I'm looking for ten points or I'm looking for who's even closest to hit projections, I like Nico Collins. But it's kind of tough. You make that trade for Puka. You've seen where Puka's really delivered. Um, that it's hard taking out of your lineup, but that's just going to be a tough decision. Um, going over to my team, unless you have anything else there. No, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, Shane also wanted to make sure to include Nico in that trade too. So it's not like he only traded for Puka. He made sure Nico was in that trade with myself as well. And yeah, I think Nico is good for, you know, five catches for 70, 80 yards this week um, and a possible touchdown. So I definitely think that Nico, um, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch if if Shane if Reppin is the quarterback if Shane decides to make that swap. I'm not watching that game. I hate I um I'm a big Rants fan. I I try to tune in every week, but I'm not the type of fan um 
that like last week when it was they were down 30 in the first half. I'm not fucking watching that game. I am not. If Stafford is out, I'm not watching that game. I'm not going to pain myself. Mm-hmm. Watch plenty of Angel games uh, when they've been out of it midway through the season. Like I already suffer enough. I'm not wasting my fun Sunday morning football on crap Rams games. Anyways, speaking of crap games and crap decisions, Najee Harris left on the bench. 14 points. Najee Harris, I sent it in the group chat. He's so fucking back. And I hate it. It's a better world when Najee Harris sucks and you don't have to think about playing him. But I left him on the bench and for the right reason. Obviously, I'm not going to be starting him this week. Uh, Going over my team, I got... I'm having some trouble at quarterback like I've had all season ever since I traded Lamar Jackson. Stupid. Um, I had Jared Goff on by, so I picked up old faithful Derek Carr. Um, Keep talking about a plus matchup against Chicago. Projected at 14.9. I think it's going to be a battle (laughs) of like mid to like low tier quarterbacks in this match between Shane and I, Jordan Love, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, I'm just hoping I get some uh, Raheed Shaheed games where um, it's a five yard, five yard through the air, and Rashid just takes it to the house, um, limiting maybe uh, limiting Taysom Hill to maybe not having him in the red zone, getting touchdowns. But it's a plus matchup. You're gonna take it. Um, I have Saquon Barkley going up against Las Vegas. I'm that's the easiest start in the entire world. Saquon is back to Saquon is Saquon's always health with him, mm-hmm. but if you're looking over the last. Four games, uh, well, the last three games since he's, he's been back, uh, definitely have been completely revving him up. Kind of what I expected out of him throughout this entire year. I don't expect 36 carries. No one in the world expects 36 carries. That's no duh. But um, him off a him coming into this year as a like incentive driven uh, season, where where off so all the talks about paying the running backs that I expected heavy usage. Um, 11, 17, 14, kind of just been grinding it out. No touchdowns in that in that stretch since he's came back. But uh, going against Las Vegas, that has just been like the holy grail for starting running backs against. Um, still, I don't know if Daniel Jones is playing. I don't know. I don't know if he is or isn't playing, how that affects Saquon necessarily. But uh, I, you just got to start him against Vegas. Uh, Derrick Henry went for me. 17 points against uh, Pittsburgh. He's kind of getting back into that like safety net. Could have had a bigger game, but still, I mean, you're looking at 4.4 carries, uh, 4.4 yards per carry, 75 yards and a touch. Just prototypical Derrick Henry. That's the baseline, 17 yeah. points. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest question mark for my team, though, Jordan Addison. I don't last uh, two weeks. He's been the number two wide receiver in all of football. And I get hit with one of the biggest blows with Kirk Cousins being out for the year. I we talked about who the quarterback was. It's not Dobbs. Someone else. Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. I don't know what I'm going to get. I feel like I have to ride him out this week, given my options on my bench. Um, the only guy that could possibly swap him out for is Marquise Brown, but that's another kind of terrible quarterback situation there. Um, Jordan Aston got me here. He's going up against Atlanta. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in that game. I think Atlanta's favored in that matchup. Um, just in terms of, just in terms of both teams, both teams just not knowing what they're getting out of their quarterback situation. The talent, I think is obviously on Minnesota's side still. Um, 
lightning in a bottle. Jordan Addison's a burner. All it takes is one one uh, busted coverage, and he's going to the crib. Hoping that. Jalen Waddle, you talked about this KC. We've talked about this KC-Miami matchup. It seems like in every matchup because you want guys on both of these teams. And Jalen Waddle is going to be, hopefully, the catalyst for what I expect Miami trailing in this game and then getting back in the game through the air. Uh, you talked about with Raheem and his inefficient last couple weeks, not getting the ball in his hands through the air. Hopefully it goes to Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle had a big week last week. I mean, that kind of buoyed my team into the success that he had. Seven catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Finally, I mean, I've been. I, that's why I made this trade for big weeks like this. Been consistent. Uh, last week, he only had nine. He only had nine points, but I came off six targets and six catches. Um, kind of the sure hand. That's what I know with Jalen Waddle. It's like you throw him the ball, he's going to catch it. It's kind of like um, he's almost in that tier of like Adam Thielen when he was with. I mean, obviously, this Adam Thielen reincarnation right now with Carolina seems to be better than the Minnesota one. But he's almost like in that he's almost in that like Minnesota Adam Thielen tier where it's like I don't get why they don't throw to him more because he seems to be so consistent with the ball and he's catching injuries have plagued him. Obviously, just like seems like every player. But uh, big week last week. Hopefully, they continue to lean on him. Logan Thomas. I, I don't have obviously George Kittle being on by just. Dumpster diving in the uh, dumpster diving in the free agent wire. Chris Godwin. I don't know what I'm going to get. Got a lot of questions about my team, Jake. Yeah. Well, I think Shane has more questions this week than than you. Do. I do think that Saquon. There's a very good chance for that to hit projections and get to the 20 mark. Derek Carr has been a consistent 15 to 20 points for about four straight weeks. Um, yeah, I think your wide receivers are very – there's a lot of question marks there, but we've talked about a Shane, just his matchups and their question marks there. I think out of anyone on your team, the most confident that I would be is Cleveland Browns defense scoring more than 10 points. This Hell week. yeah, dude. Uh, because I do think that this is the best defensive matchup um, with a rookie quarterback going up against on the road against a really – physical front seven in the Cleveland Browns. Um, they scored 15 points against the Colts a couple of weeks ago on the road and still gave up 38 points. I can see them, you know, putting up 15 points this week. Um, and I, I think that the Browns defense has a good chance of um, matching at least two of a Shane's players this week. Wow. Uh, and that's only because I, that's how confident I am in them scoring you know, 12 to 15 points, which, you know, in saying like for fantasy, that's still a good, that's, that's still good for, for a position player, 12 to 15, yeah. what kind of what you want. But I, I do think the Browns defense is, is one to watch. Um, and in saying all of that, I, I'm going to pick your team this week. I think a Shane's without, not without Christian McCaffrey and already being down six uh, and, not, and not having a six Oh lead um, unless he starts Nico I am actually like starting to trend in that way of starting Nico over Puka only because of the quarterback um, issue they have there. But I do think Saquon is, is the difference maker here. And I think that he is going to score at least one touchdown, have over a hundred yards. Um, and I, that's going to hit projections right there. And I can see him even having a better day than that. So give me your team. Um, 
And with a, I think that would be a three-game winning streak for you. It would be a three-game winning streak. I'm also going to take my team. I feel like it's frustrating, though, for QB Sneaks because I think he's he's obviously got the better players than me. Um, but in this matchup, he's running into, obviously, Chris McCaffrey being out via bye. And just tough matchup for his kind of star guys, guys that have that we both still really like. It's just tough matchups. Mm-hmm. And you're going up against me, who's 4-4, four and four, tied with him. This is, I mean, we're in week nine. I think, what is it, 14 weeks, Jake, is the regular season? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it's five weeks left. Like, all these matchups are huge. You can't be giving away points. So, I mean, maybe if he was going up against, like, Phil or, or like, Rum Runners this week, um, this ma- his team would probably work out. Good guys, tough matchups. You're not getting maybe projections on all of them. But you're going up against me where I feel like I have lesser players, but I got just plus matchups. And starting off with Derrick Henry at 17.7, usually when he hits projections, I kind of like how my team rolls. It starts with the baseline with my running backs, and then it goes with my boom boom and bust with my wide receivers. Um, Saquon kind of, I hope, will hit that number against Las Vegas. I think he will. I think that sets that baseline for what, what is to be a rather consistent week, like I've been having these past couple weeks, where... That consistency ultimately will put me above um, kind of the the rougher outings I see from QB Sync. So I'm also going to take my team. That's a three-game win streak going to five and four, hopefully. All right, here we go. Matchup of the week. The Notorious 7-1 going up against my podcast host, Alvin and the Chipmunks, who's 3-5, and five, sixth place. 3-5 and five in sixth place. Uh, wow. Under 500. That's crazy. And this is the match of the week, not only because one of the podcast hosts and we like talking about your team, but two of the highest scoring teams in the league. And it just goes to show how fluky fantasy football can be at sometimes when you got one team that's seven and one and the other team is three and five. And I just, and what a matchup we got here. Jake mentioned right before we started this intro. He's going to wake up Sunday morning and know where he's faced. It's kind of like what you were last week, though, Jake. Remember, uh, it was like early on, you had some big outings. You're like, all right, I'm done. See you later, guys. See you next week. Oh, but, uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago against Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and really, it started with the Notorious, the champ right now. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, Tariq Hill over in Germany. Have you ever been to Frankfurt? I haven't been to Frankfurt, but I've been to Berlin. The, and that's a dump. The other, the other one. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. Anyways, uh, Tyreek Hill, it's just, it's Tyreek Hill. It's, there's no gross, more gross feeling than when you do wake up. I don't know what, what your sleeping habits are, but, uh, you're going to wake up at like eight o'clock hour and a half into the game. And Tyreek's already, uh, putting up a 20 burger on his former team. Is this the first matchup between both teams since he's been gone? Um, I feel like they played last year. Okay, so it's not a revenge game. I don't know. No, they probably didn't because it would be a first like first place matchup between, I don't know, first place schedule. Who knows? Um, Tyreek Hill, Isaiah Pacheco over in Germany. Um, we've looked at this matchup in different angles. I think Tyreek's going to get what Tyreek gets. I think this is still a plus matchup. You're mm-hmm. If you're not watching the game, you're watching the app, and you're waiting for the little ticker to go by saying Tyreek Hill, touchdown, 65 yards. Yep. Got to hope it doesn't happen. You got to hope that instead of 65 yards, it's 35 yards or it's 25 yards. But 
You're waiting for it to happen. Isaiah Pacheco um, slowed down, it feels like, as of late. He has um, five points this last week. Um, consistency's still there, though. Against, I guess against the Chargers, he kind of he got bailed out by a uh, receiving touchdown. But uh, last couple weeks, kind of been lackluster. Going against a Miami team that I I tend to think that this game is going to be Kansas City. It's going to be winning. It's a tight line. I think it's, what, two and a half or three? So it's going to be close, according to Vegas. But I, I feel like Kansas City is going to be in the lead. And I don't know. Sometimes with Kansas City, it's kind of like Buffalo, where I feel like this is just going to be Mahomes' game. It's just going to be a battle of quarterbacks. It's going to be Mahomes just dishing it. Even though I have questions about the wide receiver room, and I still just think that Isaiah Pacheco is one of those guys you just you just give the ball to him 15, 20 times a game. But um, in a very lackluster game, obviously trailing against Denver, he only had eight, eight carries. So you can kind of maybe scrub that one from the books. <clears throat> this is a matchup where I would expect Pacheco to be involved. But something about that, those German Bratwurts and that air out there, I, I feel this to be a dud for Pacheco. Yeah, I I, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. You have no idea. So Last week, I, I honestly, or a couple weeks ago, I thought he was going to not do great against the Chargers. Yeah, he got a receiving touchdown, and that makes a difference. But he only, you know, he had 13 carries for 32 yards last week. That game script was pretty much done with him after the first half because they were down the entire time. Um, but yeah, I, I I actually think he has a little bit of a bounce back week. Um, I'm not. I've never really been too high on him. I don't think he's like that efficient of a runner. I do think that he is someone in the red zone that they don't have a running back that can really be used to pound the ball in. And although he is like short in stature, he is still a bulldozer and he, he runs really physically. Um, so, yeah, I, I, there's only been one game this this year where I feel like his running ability has really taken off. And that was against the Jets. And that was because he had what was it, like a 50 yard rush. Um, yeah. And he kind that of was early broke one. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, he's not my favorite running back, but I think for fantasy purposes, he's. He's a he's a serviceable one. Um, we'll go back and forth the entire season with him being an RB one or an RB two, but the rest of uh, but that's it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Tyree Kill, I have I'm going to have to like I don't know, uh, it's so hard for me because I have a bet with Tyreek, offensive player of the year bet, and I of course want to win that. But I also I feel like this game is huge for that bet though. Like. Yeah. Because big prime time game, big matchup. Like, yeah, like he's got to deliver here. Well, I mean, he he's been on prime time a few times. He was on prime time last week. He did drop. This, this is different, though. This is like a different aura. I don't, I don't think so. Um, I th- I think, I mean, it is because it's it's these two matchups. But he just played the best team in the NFC last week and was on prime time. Now he drew, he did catch touchdown, but he also did drop an easy one that would have yeah. really helped that out. But, um. I mean, half half the country is going to be asleep for this game anyway, so it's not like everyone's going to be watching. True, actually. Um, yeah. So with Tyreek, though, like I haven't been in another league. I have this bet, and then I have to go up against him this week. Um, so I have a very much just kind of in the middle here of what I want. What I would love for Tyreek to do is two catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. That's it. 
Yeah. Under projections, that is still a touchdown. That's still 100 yards. Still on pace for being the best wide receiver uh, season of all time regarding yards. So uh, that is what I hope to happen, have happened. But looking at the rest of uh, Trey's team here, I, I, I see some matchups that I myself am like, okay, like this is where I can see a, a route to victory. Like yeah. Mike Evans again on the road against Houston. I just have to hope the 40-yard, um, you know, fourth quarter touchdown doesn't happen against me because that's where I think that's the only way Mike Evans can really strike um, is kind of getting that, you know, late touchdown um, to where either they perhaps go ahead in Houston or they only cut the, the deficit to like 10. Because I, I do think Houston at home, their defense has shown up at home and um, their defense against wide receivers ranked third. So I like that matchup for myself. Jacoby Myers, I we've talked about this. We we are fans of Jacoby Myers. I don't really know what I'm going to get out of Jacoby Myers this week solely because if this is a Devontae Adams week and they're going to really try to force him and feed him the ball, is that going to take away from Jacoby? I don't know. Josh Jacobs, the Giants' run defense is pretty bad, um, and, and I do think the Raiders are going to come out um, this week and, and try to really just, just show – the, the audience that watches this game. I don't know why anyone will watch the Raiders-Giants game, but that the Raiders, um, that it was all coaching and it was all like this just kind of like down atmosphere in the locker room. So I'm not sure what I'm getting out of those two players if I'm Trey, but um, you know Josh Jacobs with a 15-point projection seems like a lot because I feel like he hasn't really hit that too often this year. Uh, he said it three times out of the eight weeks. Um but it is a good matchup at home, um, so so we'll see. But the rest of his team, TJ, we'll see if you know Kurt, the Kirk Cousins effect really affects not only like we talked about with your team and Jordan Addison, but if it you know affects uh, TJ Hawkinson as well. We never know with rookie quarterbacks. Perhaps they're going to try to force feed tight ends. Um, and then last but not least, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is an, an easy twenty points, twenty five points a game. Um, but going on the road against a Cincinnati defense that has improved throughout the season and a team that's improved, you're looking at the last two weeks against uh, good teams, the Seahawks and the Niners. They've given up less than 17 points in both those matchups. So we'll see what Josh Allen can do on the road. It'd be nice if Josh Allen did not have a rushing touchdown, but you never know because for some reason they won't give it to Latavius or James Cook. They'll just have Josh Allen run it in from 10 points up. I mean, we shut up. You got a guy like Lamar Jackson on your team. I every every fantasy owner that has a running back, whether it's Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, like that's just the play that you go with. And Buffalo lives and dies by Josh Allen. And I think uh, even with a tough matchup, he's matchup for twenty three points seems right on par. Um, it's frustrating when I'm struggling with quarterbacks that he has two on his bench and he's got guys that he could tinker with with his lineup. But this lineup looks pretty good. I think it's like the top four guys in this lineup, the Josh, Jacob, Josh, Josh Jacobs, Pacheco, Tyreek Hill. Like I could, I could see a world where like those four combined um, given matchups and just like talent could put up a hundred just by themselves. Mm-hmm. But then, but then the, the everything b- below that major question marks, Mike Evans, tough matchup, TJ Hawkinson, whole quarterback mess. And you do, I feel like with when it's, and you got a young guy in the backfield, 
instead of having like four weapons out in the field, I think you kind of get tunnel vision. You maybe just focus in on two, maybe one. I, I'm always keen to believe that you don't know what the hell you're doing. You throw it to your big tight end. TJ Hawkinson's one of the best tight ends out there. Um, so I don't, but still, you never know what you're going to get. Jacoby Myers, uh, new coach, Aiden McConnell's back. Um, and we saw the success that DeMonte had with him in that Chargers game, like I mentioned. So it's that top, that top four, Jake. That's a, that's going to be the big point for your team. And um, he is starting off with eight points. I know, I know that's not much with the Steelers defense going up against Tennessee, but usually defense, defense, it only really matters in matchups when you get absolutely burned. You start like negative or something. But um, I, I wonder what the that game is in Cincinnati um, for the kicker. I don't know what weather is. It starts getting important. You got to start looking at the weather. You don't want a kicker kicking in the snow. They'll start running the ball. So something to, to be a note up. Not there's no. There's no options on his bench that I even want to entertain the discussion. I want to get over to your team. I want you to start. Just just have at it with your team, Jake. It's just a beautiful lineup. It is a it is a nice lineup. I was looking and I was I was like, damn, I I mean, I have a lot of projected totals, of course. I feel like the rest of this year I will, but it's crazy to look at all my position players having more than essentially 13 and a half uh projected points. Um and I, I like some of these matchups this week. Um, there are a couple that I'm I'm a little bit um, scared of, but I will say I really do think that this week will be won or lost on my uh, running backs. And in saying that, Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor both have huge. They just have plus matchups. Alvin Kamara going against the Bears, twenty um, sixth ranked fantasy defense. Alvin Kamara has just been a monster since returning. Um, he's averaging close to 19 points a week, um, which is just great. It's exactly what I need out of an RB1. And then you look at Jonathan Taylor, who he had a he had a, not necessarily a down week last week. It was more frustrating to watch because having about 90 rushing yards in the first half and then with them being down against the Saints, decided to just throw the ball, which they should have because they were down. Um, but, you know, 12 carries for 95 yards which averages it out for nine, eight yards of rush. Then you have a Cleveland the week before where he had 18 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown, um, and he had close to 20 fantasy points. Goes up against Carolina that has the 31st ra- uh, ranked rush defense for fantasy. So I love both those matchups, but I definitely need these two players to both hit their projections um, because if they don't, I look at my third running back who I traded for, which is Tony Pollard. Really tough matchup in Philly, and this is one where I'm actually debating whether or not I want to play Tony Pollard this week um, because I I do think the game script can kind of go away from Tony P. Um, and so I think he is someone going forward <clears throat> for tomorrow specifically. Philly should come out, and I do think they're going to put up points against the Dallas defense. Um, Tony P then really trying to find a rhythm and try to find a way to get him involved. We looked, we watched last week with the Rams. Uh, I'm going to, yeah. So like looking at the Rams, 12 carries for 53 yards last week, um, only having six points. That's not going to do it for Tony P. Um, and I, I can see them kind of the inverse happening where they get down by a lot. And whether the only way he can score points is through through the air. So 
Um, yeah, the rest of the match between AJ Brown against Dallas, I I I think AJ Brown is matchup proof, um, and I think like I said, they're going to score a lot against Dallas, so I'm not too concerned there. But like I, like we talked about, I, I do think this Miami Kansas City game I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning, and and that's going to be the 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 game plan for the day because if Travis Kelsey has another stinker like he did last week, my team might be in trouble, especially if Trey puts up a lot of points with Tyreek and uh, Pacheco. Yeah, I I guess when you drafted, not drafted, but when people drafted Tony Pollard, they were, I guess the hype was just no more Zeke. Hey, I got it myself a top three, top five running back. What do you, with with you making the trade, you uh, assessing the talent, you making the acquisition when your team was kind of starting for running back, and obviously the availability was there for you to pick him up at a good price. What do you expect him to be rest of the season? Well, I looked at his first three weeks. And I look at him and I go, okay, against the Giants, 21 points. The Jets, 16 points. The Cardinals, 13.6. Only giving into the end zone two of those weeks, or one of those weeks, and had two touchdowns. That is kind of what I'm hoping. Now, I will say, I think the last four or five weeks, I think it's been enough matchups. Um, I, I think that they are matchups that have been – with the, the, the Niners, um, like I said, the Chargers have been a better rush defense. Um, the Rams, I, I think they have a good rush defense. So I'm hoping that for the rest of this this year, Tony P can be a very good RB2 um, because I, I just think – I think he's just going to be better than Aaron Jones, essentially, and that's who I traded him for. So, um, you know, if I can get – you know, basically the a second round production out of Tony P going forward, or maybe a third round production out of Tony P going forward. I'll be content with that because he kind of just sweetens my team to that extent to where I can, I don't have to worry about starting a Jerome Ford every week and just like wonder what I'm getting out of him. Yeah, no, definitely. I, it's definitely a, a good option to have, <clears throat> especially in this big matchup for, Especially, I guess, when you get late towards the year. I mean, it's really matchup-dependent as you get towards the playoffs. you got a lot of assets you can throw out there, especially this week. Um, yeah, A.J. Brown's matchup proof. You always have questions about Garrett Wilson. God, I just wish he had a better quarterback. It'd just be so it, much. The way that the Chargers have played their defense, and they're just so far off the line, whenever I watch Garrett Wilson and I see a corner, like, really press up on him, I know he's going to beat him. Well, no, I know he's going to beat him, but I know Zach Wilson's not going to get him the ball because it's going to be a tough yeah. throw. This specifically, though, if they play him the way that they played, like the Chiefs and they've played uh, the the Cowboys, like I can oh yeah, you were mad about the Cowboys one. Yeah, with I just watched CD like just just you have to press up on these guys, especially against not great quarterbacks. If they give Garrett Wilson ten yards off the line every single play, he's gonna take slants and he's gonna run like he's just going to go. So I would not be surprised if Garrett Wilson has one of those where. You know, he catches one for six or seven yards and breaks it for 30. So I, I yeah. think this is a good matchup for Garrett Wilson. This okay, good matchup for Garrett Wilson, but is this a good matchup for you? This is tough. This is one that, you know, I, I did think I was going to win last week, and I and I was very confident against Phillips' team the last two or two weeks ago. But this is one where Trey just has, like, Trey just has that Nick factor where I feel like, like, if I don't score 120 points, I probably won't win because he's very consistent around there. But I also just feel like whoever plays Trey kind of just has, like, down weeks. Except? Except you, yeah, when you, you went off against him. But 
I just, I feel like, I don't know. This is a tough one. This is the hardest okay, one. Let me time. go first then. Let me go first then. Uh, like I mentioned, I am the only one that has beaten Trey. Um, and kind of spitballing here, but I don't think he had a big week last week. Um, he had 126. Eh, not big by his standard. Uh, I think the only reason why I remember that, because I remember texting you and be like, I wish I played Trey every week. So well, this is, this is the second highest week was last week, this season. This is what I'm saying is that Trey's team has been good this year. Don't get me wrong, but you know, he consistently scores around 120 or so, but his highest scoring week was 129. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week was 126, which is the second highest. And then yeah. 22 against you. Besides that, we're looking at 108, 111, um, 88, right? So like, we're looking at some of these wins where he's just playing teams that barely score a hundred. Um, so yeah. His wins have been 101, 107, 104, 64, 115, 76. So like, like I said, he's playing teams that aren't scoring points. I do think my team can score points. Um, so, I mean, you, you can go ahead and give you. Uh, I'm taking notorious. I, we we keep talking about us waking up Sunday morning and seeing the matchup like done, and I think it's going to happen. Unfortunately, Jake, I think I think Tyreek Hill's gonna is is prime for a big Sunday where you're watching the you're watching the countdown on uh, on Red Zone, and <laughs> you're already going to be down by like this is like almost I, I I fear for like a DJ Moore situation for you. I feel like uh, Pacheco Tyreek is going to have big big weeks. And I see you heading into Sunday, probably already down. I mean, I guess Travis Kelsey is there too, though. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I see you being behind early, and I see that continue. I see a high scoring affair. Um, I don't want to match. I want to make it up like the the system's telling us with these high projection totals. But I see it. I see another like one twenty five, one twenty matchup. But I see Trey winning it. Um, since you said that, I'm I'm gonna take my team now. Uh, yeah, and I, I agree with you to the extent where I do think that those players could have good matchups, but or good games. But I still think that Travis Kelsey is going to have a good game, and I still think that guys like Kamara, Taylor, Wilson, and Brown, those four guys, if Travis Kelsey has a good game, all I need out of those four guys is around an average of thirteen to fifteen points, um, because I think if I get that, I think those guys are going to get too many points for guys like. Jacoby Myers, Mike Evans, TJ Hawkinson to really try to catch up. Um, and I do think Lamar is going to have a bounce back week against uh, a Seattle defense on at home. Um, and so his projections, even though it's at 20, which just seems a little high, um, let, let's get a rushing touchdown in there, Lamar. It's been kind of absent with Gus Bus taking over some of those um, inside the five rushing. But I will take my team. Uh, it will come down to Monday night because I have Garrett Wilson and the Jets defense against my Chargers. Um, and uh, let's just let's get a, a Herbert pick six in there with the Chargers winning uh, fourteen to thirteen. Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind Alvin the Chipmunks getting the win here because my team is hot and I'm looking for that first place. It's Baki's bets. Brought to you by, we don't have a sponsor, but maybe I'll set that up. So if we have a future sponsor, Mark Miller Real Estate. I don't know, that's not the name. John K. Miller Real Estate. That's our sponsor. For all your home needs in the Desert Valley, Coachella Valley area, contact John K. Miller Real Estate. Um, Jake's still figuring out his picks. I'm rushing him today because we're a little behind. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. 
trying to get out there and enjoy this beautiful day. But while he's looking at picks, I want to talk about my underdog pick of the week. I won last week. 4-4. Four four. Easy. Cincinnati absolutely rolled San Francisco. So it's been a while since I was up in the plus category in terms of uh, place underdog pick of the week. So I'm going to go with those pesky, pesky Carolina Panthers that are getting two and a half points at home. At home against the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Indianapolis Colts, as we all know, has just been a terrible, terrible defensive team. Um, currently on PFF, they're ranked 32 in defense, but in offense, they're ranked 31st. This is the worst team statistically in the NFL. Um, Carolina Panthers aren't that much better. 30th ranked defense, 25 ranked offense, but I love Adam Thielen on this matchup. And um, I do worry a little bit uh, with the Colts defense or Colts offense being able to run the ball as they as they have, but similar to my lean in the uh, Patriots Raiders game where I just the two kind of bad teams and I'm just picking the team that I think has a little bit of extra juice, kind of similar to this matchup. Um, Panthers are a gross one five and one against the spread, so um, but I don't care about the spread in this matchup. I'm taking the cover. I'm taking the win. Taking Panthers to win over the Colts to bring me to five and four on Blake's underdog pick of the week. Jake, did I stall enough for you? Are you ready to go? Oh yeah, we're ready. We've been we've been ready. Um, last week we were had a had just a, a six pack of games. Um, we ended up three and three, thanks to the Texans losing to at that point the winless Panthers. That would have won uh, me a lot of money um, and would have been Baki's bets four and two with a parlay win. But that's okay. We move on to next week. We're not going to go over every single game I did last week. If you want to see that, head to our Instagram page. What's our Instagram page? Northside Story underscore FF. There we go. Um, we are going to go back to a three pack, three pick of games this week um i've been on uh totals i feel like i've been i've been decent on totals this year um the rams didn't help that last week with giving up i believe uh 45 points um in just by themselves um yeah um but we're gonna go to two teams that i think are going to struggle to score points maybe not one of these teams but we're gonna start with the cardinals browns Cardinals, I don't think score more than 10 points tomorrow. Um, One thing I am a little concerned about is perhaps the Browns having a defensive touchdown. But when it comes to offense, with Sean Watson coming back, um, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to get out of that offense. Cardinals defense is not very good, but at at times they can kind of, they do kind of show up and they're they're very physical um, and they play very fast. The Browns to me just kind of have a, molasses offense kind of slow um not very exciting and they kind of go down the field and they just kind of chip down the field five yard gains six yard gains nothing really over the top so give me the cardinals browns under 38 and a half very low number but i do think that these two teams i could see a a 21 to 10 game by the browns my second and third pick, they're going to be teams. We're going to go away from totals. I've been kind of talking about it this throughout the whole entire podcast. Give me the Eagles minus three at home against the Cowboys. Um, I don't think the Cowboys travel very well. Um, the last time that we saw them on the road, they played the Chargers in a game that they probably should have lost. But that was also a very, 
sloppy game. We watched them go to San Francisco and get their absolute asses kicked. Um, and then we watched them go to the Arizona Cardinals and lose that game. Uh, shout out Survivor Pool. So we have uh, the Eagles minus three. Give me the Eagles at home. And then we're going to go to Sunday night. Bills, Bengals. I love the way that the Bengals have been playing lately. I think they found their groove. And on the flip side, I think the Bills are starting to, I would start to sound the alarms for the Bills. Um, they're, I'm not feeling very confident in my Super Bowl pick with them because they've struggled defensively. Their offense is a little bit out of whack. Um, they did uh, they did win their last game against the Bucks. Um, pretty in a pretty um, you know handled way. They, they did a good job. The Bucks did cover in the last second, but they were pretty much up the entire game. But on the road um, against the Patriots, that one is something that kind of stuck in my mind. They did lose to the Jets on the road earlier this year too. But on the road against the Patriots, watching that defense get diced up by Mac Jones, I was really stuck into my brain. And I do think that Joe Burrow has a bounce back. This is going to be a very emotional game, as we talked about with Demar Hamlin. Um, and if you remember a couple of years ago, this is just kind of what, or last year, um, this is what um, this game and it was never really played out. And so I do think that the Bengals come out, they come out with their hair on fire, and they win this game pretty convincingly. So give me the under in the Arizona-Cleveland matchup, 38 and a half. Give me the Eagles minus three and give me the Bengals minus two and a half.